Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. And I'm Andrew. You know, you don't sound so good, Andrew. Are you sure that your doctor has cleared you to return to the podcast? No, he said I should stay away before I infect all of you, but I said, you know, they're willing to take it for the podcast. I'm I'm not sure that I am willing to take it. <laughs> yeah, I was it. about to say. <laughs> I think this is going to be a short-ass episode. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Maybe we should have picked up fake Andrew instead. <laughs> oh, Ooh, oh, what was that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't know what that was. That was me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got I to go close, close my windows. I think it's about to rain. <laughs> so, Thor. Oh, yeah. Thor. 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 Levelator's going to take all that All that out. <laughs> um, magnify it. Now, Andrew went... Thursday night for a midnight show. That is true. Uh, it was, and actually there were some downsides to that because at one point I did somewhat drift off to sleep. It, it, now, is that an indictment of the film? In no way an indictment of the film. The film was great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the parts I was awake for. I was just really, really <laughs> tired. I was fighting off this uh, respiratory thing and uh, yeah, it was brutal. But no, I it think was, that is an indictment of Andrew, not the <laughs> film. And now That's Paul fair. took the day off to see mm-hmm. Thor. Indeed I did. I went to the Big very shot. first showing that day. I mean not counting midnight. I went to the to the early morning showing to IMAX 3D it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I took the afternoon off to go see Thor in IMAX 3D. Tim, what'd you do? I I I left work an hour early to see it at six o'clock on the two D because I don't like three D. Right. And Wayne? Immediately after work. Went home, grabbed the wife, we went out to the theater. So, out of five podcast hosts, four of us made an impact on work product. <laughs> a detrimental <laughs> impact on work product as a, as a result of going to see Thor. Because while I know that Andrew probably went to work on Friday, my guess is that he, he felt like hammered ass. When he oh, no, I was, I, was, I was fine. I was huh? 100%. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, because your boss is listening. <laughs> Probably not, but, but no, uh, that was good. And oh, then, I, I told him there was the work was gonna was gonna be bad today because I brought the hammer because I couldn't stop at work. At, <laughs> stop at home. Yeah. You brought the hammer to work. <laughs> you bet, you bet I did. God, Tim, you are the most awesome person in the history of ever. Well, I, t- I was t- I was telling him the day before that it was Thor's day. They all knew I was going to this movie. Uh, everybody in my department. And yes, I brought the hammer in. Well, you know, I had scheduled to leave the office at noon, and people are trying to set are, are trying to do the hey, uh, you know, can I meet with you at noon? I know you're I know you're leaving out, and I'm like, no, no, because the show was starting at one, and I needed to get across town to see it, and I was like, no, and so I mean, people are like, okay, well, I need you, to, I need you to look at this one thing. Walk with me, and I made them walk to the parking garage with me to to talk about their their problems so I could sign nice. off in their document. But I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're moving, we're moving, come on. <laughs> He's in the car. He rolls down the window. They're following him in the right. garage. I, I will not make the Thunder God wait for me. Because <laughs> this is the respect I have for the Norns. I, uh, yeah, no, no. So uh, let's go around the table. Tim, I want to start with you because you are by far the biggest Thor fan here at, here at uh, Funny Books with Aaron Polly, Tim, Wayne, and Andrew. 
and I want to hear what you thought. Well, let me let me pre- let me preface this by saying that I've been waiting for this movie since I was fucking twelve. <laughs> okay, so I it's like I told my friend they could have went up there like. Uh, uh, Team America style with friggin' puppets, and I'd have been like, it was the best thing ever. So let me tell you right now, if you want a fair and well balanced reporting, I am the I am the Fox News of that for Thor because it's not gonna <laughs> friggin' happen. I love this movie so much. <laughs> God, all these special effects are awesome. When he when he hit the ground in the, in in the hit the hit the the wave impact that you saw in the previews, mm-hmm. hot. Oh God! There was a point where he reaches out his hand and grab and grabs the hammer, and I put put the hammer I had because I brought it in the movie theater high, and I hit the thing too. Oh, it was great! God, <laughs> that is awesome. So okay. we know Tim was the obnoxious person in his theater. <laughs> no. Tim was the super fan in his. I theater. was the one that was. I was the one that was really there for Thor. Everybody else was a freaking poser. That's right. So, Andrew, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought it was a great film, a uh, very good superhero movie. I didn't think I didn't think the 3D was necessary. Yeah, uh, I didn't either. I, I, in fact, you know, I saw it in 3D because I just wanted to be able to see it. But I, I if I if I was recommending someone to go see the film, I wouldn't recommend that they see it in 3D. I actually yeah. already have recommended people not see it in 3D because the 3D that. You know, the 3D added nothing to this movie. I didn't yeah. think it was particularly well done at all. Very disappointed in the 3D, and that's the one complaint I have. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I I very much enjoyed it though. Uh, Paul, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I uh, you know, like I said, I went to that early morning showing and. Decent crowd, not too bad. You know, I saw it in IMAX, so it wasn't just 3D. I saw it in IMAX, which was. You know, it was. It, I love seeing movies in IMAX because everything is like the sound is cranked up to eleven. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Just oh yeah, like, and you can boom. feel that thunder through your chest. Yeah, oh, it was what, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. So no, I so saw. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I did have some qualms with the movie. I don't want Tim to beat me, but um. Uh-huh. Too late. You know, in Tim's theater, that thunder through the chest was actually him walking around hitting people in the chest with his hammer. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> so, so Paul, what were your qualms? Well, I uh some of the issues I had uh, most of them were special effects based. I got to be honest really? with you. Really? Okay. Was the issues I, plural, Paul? <laughs> plural. Oh, my, my biggest issue really was that the the whirlwind special effect at the ending. You know, when spoiler when he's fighting the destroyer and uh, you know he, he whips everything up into a whirlwind. I thought the special effects were a little cheesy there, um, but I, I'm not a fan of the end of every big blockbuster film. They go like completely CG. That that always bugs me. Yeah. You know when you've got a, a good story, everything's good, and like hey, the last 15 minutes are coming. Let's do everything computer generated. You know I've literally hated it that since you know they started it basically, um, but. You know the the story I thought was really well done. I have to admit, the, it reminded me a lot, a lot story wise, of the Masters of the Universe movie from the nineteen eighties. Okay, Paul. Did no one did you, see did that. You just, did you just say that? Wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, what is wrong with you? Think about it. Think I, it I straight am. up Masters of the Universe. Tim, no, it's not. 
Tim. It no, is. I've seen that movie. I don't see that at all. Tim. I totally oh, see that. Oh, Tim. I love the Masters of the Universe movie, though. Tim. Yeah. I will pay for your airfare to Virginia Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the only person who has said that. I totally think it, 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 it had a lot of Masters of the Universe in it. Unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, what'd you think? I loved it. I don't know if I would go as far as you did in your reply back for your thoughts. I quote Aaron. It was awesome forged in fires of awesome and tempered in awesome. I will go as far as it was awesome. I, I have to say the, the movie was much better than I ever hoped it would be. You know, oh, I, I, I remember when we saw the, the first sort of images from the movie. I was like, ooh, I'm not real wild about the, the, the costume design and that kind of thing. But I got to tell you. I thought this movie was beautiful. I thought the the writing was spot on. I thought the acting was spot on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. In the confines of the realm of a comic book movie, you know, I, I make the distinction that you know the last Batman movie was just a good movie, not just a good comic book movie. And I think that Thor was a fantastic comic book movie. Um, I was thoroughly entertained. You know. Uh, you know, popcorn style movie. You know, big summer blockbuster, beginning to end. This was worth my my money for the for the ticket price. And you know, since and I had to pay thirteen fifty to see it in IMAX three D, that's saying a great deal. The fact that I want to see him, I haven't been waiting for this movie since I was twelve. I never cared about Thor before Straczynski's run. I've never liked the character, and it's only recently that I found him interesting. And I love this movie. I went in the same way I went into the first Iron Man movie, thinking I'm not a fan of this character, but it looks good. And the same thing as the first Iron Man movie, completely blown away, so shocked by how good it was. Well, and speaking of Straczynski, I loved his appearance in the movie. Well, and, spe- and not just that. Did anybody catch that he got a writing credit on it? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, I didn't realize he wrote the movie. Yeah, his uh, story concept. I think I don't think I don't think he uh, actually like wrote the script. I think he and uh, one other guy did the the story pitch on it. Okay, so know. who was he? He was the first guy that pulls up in the truck to try and lift the hammer. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I love yeah. Stan Lee's appearance in there as well. Yeah, my wife even got a kick out of the Stan Lee appearance. You know, I love all the creators who got credited. You know, Walt Simonson got got a credit. Uh, Louise Simonson got a credit. Certainly Straczynski and and you know others. I mean, they, Jack Kirby got a credit on the uh, mm-hmm. you know as, as a part, partial creator of uh, Thor. Matt Fraction didn't get a credit, which is awesome. <laughs> well, you know, and I heard an interview <laughs> with him where he's not he he's not involved was not involved at all. You know, in the story because this was all ha- this was all developed during JMS's run. So yeah, you know, I felt those were the longest credits ever as I was waiting for, to see the scene after the credits. Yeah, they yeah. just kept going and going on and, and on and then on. you start seeing things like Miss Portman's personal security <laughs> lightning lead. I saw a lightning lead and dust bus team. Okay, so, so, so I have catering by I have two complaints about the movie. <laughs> Plural. <They're, laughs> they are minor, but complaints nonetheless. Okay, I'm going to start with the, with the least of my complaints. There, at the, there is a scene in the movie where Thor and Jane Foster kiss. Jane Foster being played by uh, Natalie Portman and uh, mm. Thor being played by Chris Hensworth. You're going to uh, complain that you weren't Chris Hensworth, aren't you? 
I know I'm going to complain that I wasn't Natalie Portman. Um, <laughs> Wait, no, my complaint is there is a, a, a rather large difference in height between those two actors. And so they are standing toe-to-toe, and you can see the difference in height. And then there is this you know, close-up scene, and suddenly they are eye-to-eye. And I'm just like, okay, so who brought the the milk crate for Jane Foster to stand on so that she can have this eye to eye conversation with Thor? You know, because then they kiss, and there's no him stooping over, her leaning up. It's their eye to eye. So that was one issue I had. My second issue, and this is actually, this kind of gripes me quite a bit. the The movie is set in two different places. It's set in Asgard, and it's set in New Mexico. Asgard is all full of, of uh, you know, Vikings and whatnot. And New Mexico is all full of, you know, U.S. citizens. And the distinction that I want to draw is that Asgard, with a black Heimdall, is more ethnically diverse than New Mexico because there are only white people in Marvel's New Mexico. Um, there are no Indians. There are no uh, Hispanics. You know, and if you've ever been to New Mexico, it is quite ethnically diverse. But yet... Only white folks in Marvel's New Mexico. And only rednecks and astrophysicists. Yeah. yeah. That, that's it. There is no <laughs> in-between. There's rednecks, astrophysicists, and then the government shows up. Yeah. So I, I just – I really think that was a misstep there. I mean there is no reason that somebody on their team – like for instance, the character Darcy couldn't have been a Native American. You know, that you couldn't have at least had some Native Americans in the diner scene. I mean they were all – White people. Well, at the diner scene, they'd be avoiding all the rednecks. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just—I was a little taken that that Asgard was more ethnically diverse. You know, Asgard, home of the Vikings, more ethnically diverse than uh, uh, New Mexico. Well, when when Hogan shows up, they have some racial diversity. Oh, there right? you go. Yeah, you got the, you got Asian guy. So again, more ethnic diversity in Asgard than New Mexico. <laughs> okay, so I'm. I'm I'm going to admit that I am I am nowhere near a, uh, at a reasonable comprehension of dealing with people's issues. So I'll just <laughs> you know what I'll just I'll just chalk it up and say you know what guys I can't I can't logically complain di- agree or disagree. I could just garble and scream. But yeah. I went to Thor. I got out of I got out of the movies, and you know this week's been rough as far as me paying attention to things. So my phone was dead. Uh, and the, and so I, I borrowed my buddy's cell. I, my wife was less than happy with me. Hmm. I got off the phone and I said, well, you know what? You know what would make for a good story on Sunday? Let's go to Fast Five. <laughs> so immediately <laughs> after Thor, I went to like the 9.50 showing of Fast Five. Just, just because I already knew I was in the doghouse. I'm like, eh, let's just amp it up some. So... Wow, that was a great way to shut off my brain for six hours or whatever. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, shit, because nice. Fast Five is awesome. Oh, oh. So, Fast Five is more fantastic than – it's it's more fantasy than Thor is, to be honest. But whatever. <laughs> it really is. So I will thoroughly disagree with Aaron's comment earlier that Darcy could have been an Asian chick or something because the actress they had playing her was hot and needed what? to be her. No. Yeah, I, not hot. I thought she was hotter than Natalie Portman in that movie. Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, maybe that's just because she had the funny lines. I mean, she wasn't. 
bad or anything. And I, I know she's been in other things. And I can't I can't think of what, but yeah. Well, I you know I loved Thor, and here's here's how much I enjoyed it. I will see it again in the theaters. That's how much I enjoyed it. I probably but not will. 3D. Yeah, I kind of want to try to get out to see it again in 2D when I'm uh, no, awake. Awake. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so before we move on, let's talk about trailers that we saw uh, for Thor. Um, you you had the new Green Lantern trailer, which you know I, I think some you guys will probably disagree with me, but I think it still looks like ass. Um. I'm not even remotely excited about Green Lantern, but this trailer is much better. It gives a different tone to the movie. I think it's an improved trailer. It doesn't do anything to sell the movie to me, though. I don't know. Uh, I think the new trailer is significantly better than the previous trailers. I think they're getting better with each trailer. I, I'm, I'm going to see the freaking movie first day, but, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I still have hope for it. I, I almost went to Toys R Us, and I almost bought a Green Lantern glow-up ring <laughs> over the weekend to add to my collection. But, you know, if I do that and the movie sucks, it'll be like when I bought $100 worth of Indiana Jones action figures and then Crystal Skull came out. and I. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly is a glow up ring? It glows. Up. Up. Does it like glow in the dark <laughs> ring? Or? No, no. A it has a button ring? and it glows. It actually, like, glows. It has a light in it. I've just never heard the phrase glow up before you used it. Glow up. It's a new thing. <laughs> it's new technology. It's, 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 it's new glow-up technology. It's gold-based technology powers. Go! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so uh, Green Lantern. Uh, I saw the Super 8 trailer looked really good. The new J.J. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that looks good. I'm that never going to a movie that's named after a, a freaking motel chain. <laughs> it's not happening. I don't care how good your movie is. You you fail on all accounts. I hope you're joking, right? I'm not joking. <laughs> you know it's you not named after the uh, after hotel the chain, hotel right? The Super 8 hotel chain? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, not, it's not named after that. You could have fooled me. <laughs> There's, uh, it's, it's the name of the camera they're using. It's a Super 8 millimeter uh, camera. That's nice. <laughs> you, you have done nothing to convince me. I, thought, I thought that movie looked pretty good it does look pretty good um, I'm, I'm dying to see it and I gotta say I am rather stoked for the new Conan movie uh, I don't know yeah, about that one I, you know I'm, I'm kind of on board with you Aaron I'm not opening night on board but I, I will see it yeah. in the theaters yeah. I, you know, I, I've and you no know, interest in it at all I, I loved the, the Conan movie when uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger the first one um it was a, a movie that I enjoyed. It's a movie I enjoyed watching again. Um, you know, it's not something that that you know is like fuck it's Star Trek or fuck it's Thor. You know, but I, I'm excited about it. I, I'm happy to see the, they're rebooting, rebooting that franchise. Uh, and I and I like that they're releasing it in August because that means that they're not expecting it to be huge and they're giving it a fighting chance by releasing it at the end of the summer. I think that's I think that's a good place for it on the calendar. Now, did you guys? Speaking of like upcoming movies, did you guys actually stay through the trailers? You yes, because yep. you do it with Marvel movies, you stay through the trailers. You mean through yeah. the credits? Credits through the credits. Yes. Damn it, stay through the credits. Yes. Of uh, of Thor. Yep. Everyone, so everyone yeah, saw us a little bit with uh, the cosmic cube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. You know, I, I like. I, I'm, I've always been a fan of stories involving the cosmic cube. Yeah. So I'm yeah, no. To, that'll be in Captain America, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be more of an Avengers story. 
I think so. Uh, I've seen preview images of Captain America that show the Red Skull holding the Cosmic Cube. Oh, really? So, Interesting. I mean, I think they, they tie in somehow okay. like that. I think Captain America will show how Fury ended up with it, since it's back in World War II. That's and, true. And we didn't we didn't say this during our Thor discussion, but let me just add one more thing. I think this was one of the better Loki stories I've I've I've, I've been exposed to. I really I enjoyed. Think the actor made it work. I, I think so yeah. too. And it, it actually, I thought they laid down some good groundwork that you know Loki and Thor actually like each other at one point in their history. Yeah, you know, that, that they love each other, that they're brothers, and I, I really thought the relationship between uh, Thor and Loki worked really well in the movie. And you know, I, was, I was I was telling my, one of my buddies last night, I'm like, you know, you get to see the actual origin of the villain unroll, you know, roll out to you in the movie, and so the, the villain's actually very believable. It's just not ah, I'm bad all the time. He actually becomes bad in the movie. I just thought it worked so well. And he yeah. was nice and conniving and planning and. You can't take what he says at face value. I really enjoyed their portrayal of Loki. Yeah, it's just like Paul. <laughs> it is exactly like me. Without all the butt sex. <laughs> you never know. I'm sure the director's cut. Kenneth Branagh did say about 20 minutes were cut from the film. He didn't say all what was in them. All of it, butt sex. Uh, <laughs> as guardian butt sex and hey it was nice to see Rene Rousseau on film I haven't seen Rene Rousseau in a movie in a long time and you know she played yeah. uh, Odin's wife so maybe there's some butt sex with her too you never know awesome they, they cut out the part where Natalie Portman got a uh, milk cart so she could kiss Thor that's why Aaron <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's going to be you know in the director's cut yeah if they Bolstag. just get those five seconds in <laughs> Volstag runs over with a milk crate for her yeah <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that's enough about movies. Uh, you know, particularly since we're, we're we're deep, deep, deep in the realm of uh, Andrew's backseat box office uh, uh, podcast. <laughs> so uh, we will in the backseat. Heyo. <laughs> number one movie this week at the box office. FYI. Has anybody looked at the numbers? How it's doing so far? So I thought uh, it said twenty-five million on Friday. Yeah, that's not that's, as good as Fast Five, but still good. Yeah, it's about it was about seven million behind Fast Five on the Friday returns, but it's going to it's going to dominate this weekend. So it'll probably bring in like seventy. I'm going to about say seventy seventy five million. Uh, it's worth it. That movie was awesome. I might well, be forgetting other only- movies that came out this year, but as of right now, as far as I can remember, this was the best movie I've seen all year. All right, uh, maybe. I saw earlier in the year, but as of right now, definitely the best I've seen all year. All right. Well, let's hope that some of that love translates to the comics we read this week. Um, first up is Fear Itself, a... book two. Mm-hmm. And it was a suck-ass week for comics, to be honest with you, because you know, yeah. out of the four books that I bought, <laughs> uh, I you know, Fear Itself. Wow. I, mean, I, I mean, loved almost everything just... I read this week. I don't mean that it was a bad week for. I mean, it just there were few releases. I guess everyone was ramping up for free comic book day. Yeah, I think they limited the releases because of how much they were going to be given away this week. It was a small week. Small week. No, I buy the cow and you give it away for me. That's right. So, fear itself number two. Uh, Paul, what you think? Um, yeah, let's. uh, I guess we'll roundtable this one too because it's every one of us read this book. I. uh, I liked it. I, I it's kind of funny because Matt Fraction is uh, apparently I don't know all or nothing kind of guy. Huh. 
You can get eight issues of Tony Stark sitting in a diner talking, or you could get one issue with literally no character development of Fear itself with just tons and tons of action. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's how I felt about Fear itself number two. I felt there was no real development of story or character. Um, it just felt like a bunch of cool shit blowing up. Uh, for 32 pages i totally agree with you i felt like there was just it it was just all bam with no substance you know and i feel like there needs to be when you're talking about a big blockbuster series like this i feel there needs to be some substance in every issue yeah um you know why 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 were the heroes nowhere to be found i mean they you know they were in that one scene and then they're like where are the avengers i'm like i don't fucking know where are the avengers (laughs) you know it, it, it feels like they're going to take all of those character moments and move them over into the side books that I won't be buying. Well, I hope not because I'm not buying them. So, you know, well, and I bought, I oh, bought the Fear Itself Spider-Man book this week, which you know was written by Christopher Yost, and I really like Christopher Yost. Um, and it's not a bad book, but I've really gotten used to Dan Slott's voice on Amazing Spider-Man, you know, for the character, and it's just so jarring. Um, not to be reading a Dan Slott scripted Spider-Man um, that while it was a fine book, I won't be picking up any of the rest of them because it just didn't sound like the Spider-Man that I, that I like. See, I looked through that book and I didn't pick it up because it felt like I was missing something. I'm reading through it. It's talking about, you know, everyone's afraid. I haven't seen anything in fear itself to indicate the entire world is afraid. Yeah. I don't know if it takes place later in the story. It just—it felt like there's some piece of the story that I was missing when I picked up and flipped through the book. Yeah. I, uh, I, I now I do want to clarify. It doesn't mean I did not like the book. I just felt, you know, there it it, it Matt Fraction. It's it seemed like overcompensating. Like let me overcompensate for have you know for normally being a slow writer by just throwing tons of action in uh, without any story and you know it was a beautiful book don't get me wrong Stuart Amonin oh yeah that guy's gonna come out of this this series if he can keep it on time he will come out of this series you know like one of the top artists over there at Marvel yeah the the book is beautiful I I, in fact I'm I'm looking at the the pages and I just love how he's drawn all of these baddies with the hammer and particularly enjoy how he draws uh, the Hulk and uh, um, I guess she's savage Savage She-Hulk, the Red She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Uh, no, She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I just love how he draws those characters. Um, I, I, Stuart Amonin's just rocking the pencils on this thing. I, but I, I, it's just there's so much going on. There's not a whole lot of story interconnecting it. Yeah, I felt like there should have been more build-up to that big two-page spread where the White House is blowing up. Uh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't the White House. It was the Capitol, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um. Because I don't have the book in front of me, I just couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, it's I felt cap. like there should have been more built up to it. You just flip the page, and it's like Washington D.C. Kablooey! Yeah, let's um, USA. I didn't even realize they were, uh, you know, they were going to attack the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you it know, just shit it, just happens without build up. It seems a little herky jerky. It's just everything's happening all at once, which is cool. But there's just there, there's not a lot connecting at all. In fact, the, the 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 thing that I feel the most connected on is really what they've only spent a couple of pages on is you know the the Norse gods return to Asgard, you know, to, the return to their realm, as it were, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, it it, it it just seems like there needs to be more story there. And maybe we'll get that in issue three. And you know, these things 
often read better collected. And so, you know, here we are reading them in the uh, in the floppy version because that's how it's released to us. Um, hopefully, you know, it'll it'll come together in issue three. But you shouldn't have to have to be halfway into a seven issue series before you know you you feel like the story is really starting to gel. It really should have grabbed us in the first issue and just carried it forward. Matt Fraction apparently went to the Michael Bay school for storytelling. I would agree. It does. And there's like this, and then throw the hammers and then oh, screen USA. Totally agree. It does feel like a Michael Bay movie. Ugh. And I have so, to Tim, say, what do you think that, of the issue? Suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, not, I don't like know you guys anymore. This is horrible. I did not like this at all. I, Was I, there I, more story in your Fast and Furious movie you went to, Tim? Uh, yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, there was. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I, the, I mean, the the Asgardian scene, like when you know, Oiden finally decides to you know bless us with his reasoning, that was kind of cool. But like everything else, it's like here's a hammer for you, badass one. Here's a hammer for you, badass two. I'm like, uh, I, I, I literally do not know anymore if I'm if I'm picking up the third one. I, uh, you're right. It's probably going to read better collected. Maybe I should just wait until then. Yeah. Well, and it's sad. I mean, if if it's your it's your freaking event book, each issue should be gold. You should be writing it for both trade and the you know monthly uh, singles. You know, because I mean, it's it's your tent pole event for the summer. It's it's a mistake exactly. not to make it all shine. But you know. See, I- I don't have these deep problems you guys have with this book. I, I actually really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm okay with lots of explosions and cool things going on for a book. And and if they want to bring in some more story in the next one, I mean, basically they're showing how the world becomes to fear everything. I mean, Wayne was saying in the Spider-Man, he didn't catch on why the world was afraid. Well, this book's showing you why the world is afraid. It's showing you all the chaos and death that's happening across the world. The castle blowing up, yeah, that's going to scare the hell out of the world. That's why everybody's starting to become afraid. And so, yeah, I mean, there are lots of cutscenes. It's very jumpy. It's boom, 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 boom. And if you had a bigger book, you could put a little bit more into to the character development. But I think I think you're right. I think a lot of that character development is going to come in the uh, tie-ins, which I'm not getting either. Because I was told in an interview with Brian Michael Bendis that everything was going to be in the main book. But... Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. I mean, if this is all seven books is just constant cutscenes of action, yeah, that'll suck. But for one book showing you how all everything gets ramped up and why everyone in the world is afraid and scared, I think that's worth two thirds of a book. You know, I need. I don't necessarily disagree that people on you you get a little bit of understanding why people are, are are afraid. I need one page where Set is talking to what's her name, Sin. Yeah. Explaining why they're destroying everything in Foundation. I, you know, it's it's like we are evil for evil's sake because we're you know we're the serpent. I'm like I want to know can why we get a after bit more. You see, but I think I think Tim, I think you're getting that the opposite way. Instead of you're seeing, you're not seeing um, um, Set and Sin talking about. You're seeing Thor and Odin talk about. It. Odin's laying out exactly why Sin and Set are doing what they're doing when when he's talking to the uh, Asgardians at the beginning of this book. It's in reverse. It's not the bad guy's perspective. It's the good guy saying this is why the bad guys are doing this. I don't know that I consider Odin a good guy at the moment. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to quibble about that. I still, I still agree with Paul of where the hell are the Avengers? There's even a scene where Steve Rogers is <clears throat> splitting everyone up 
to cover these, you know, right. these hot spots. Yes. But well, even after that, they keep talking about the coverage. Where are the Avengers? Where are the heroes? I agree. So, I mean, my, no, no, that's that's a good point. And my interpretation, and it could be wrong, is that all these hammers hit simultaneous, right? They all came dropped from from the earth, uh, dropped from the sky, hit Earth simultaneously. So as I'm reading this, I'm assuming that all these different jump cut scenes are happening simultaneously. And yeah, you've got the Avengers sitting there in their home queue, and they're getting ready to be split up. At the same time, Sin and her horde of Nazi mechs are popping out, attacking the Capitol. I think, I would hope, in the third book, you're going to see the Avengers rolling out to deal with this. Hey, and by the way, can you not crap on Thunderbolts by yeah, destroying oh, the raft? I was going to ask you guys about how you felt about Thunderbolts. Anyway. I, I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah. Sucks on toast. Thanks for your time. On toast. So, I mean, I guess I'm the, I'm the minority opinion here, but uh, no, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm, I'm looking forward to the third one. And I guess I'm not saying I didn't – like I said, I, I I didn't dislike the book. I felt like – like Aaron said, I felt there needed to be more substance to this issue. I feel like there should be more substance you know, in each issue uh, considering you know, it's a seven-issue miniseries. It's, it's their tentpole book this year. It felt like there should have been more to it. And uh, the, yeah. the, the, the long-form storytelling you – know, if, if, if this was 15 minutes of a Michael Bay movie – it would it would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Because the next fifteen minutes something else would happen, you know, there would be story. You know, I, I don't have to wait a month for the next fifteen minutes of that Michael Bay movie. Well, that's true. I mean there is the time factor. But if you think about issue one, there there is a good bit of story in the issue one. And and I have a feeling that perhaps in issue three you're gonna get hopefully a nice blend of story and action as the Avengers go out to deal with this. But but that maybe that's just hopefully. me being hopeful. Yeah. Well, you know, it, Luckily, fear itself has not touched the pages of Avengers Academy just yet. <laughs> and yeah. there was plenty yeah. of story there. Yeah, this was all story. Yep. This was uh, this was one of my favorite types of stories where it's just all the characters talking. You know, it's that, that down moment from the end of the Korvac saga to the beginning of whatever the next thing is. I liked it. I, th- I thought this was a, a, a nice uh, book featuring all the the different characters in this ensemble cast. I, I really did enjoy this book. No question, this was my book of the week. I will I will echo that statement. And absolutely, Aaron. I think every single character got their their uh, time in the spotlight. Oh yeah, I, it was great. It, Even I, characters that weren't on the team got the, got a chance to get character moments. I mean, when we see some of these other characters that show up from the old Avengers Initiative run, like. Uh, God, like Hardball, like the that lizard girl, mm-hmm. they all have their moment in the spotlight here too, as well as the teachers and all of their you know various issues. Yeah, because they all have issues. Oh yeah, they've all got their baggage. Yeah, so I was describing this book to my wife, and she's just shaking her head. It's like you enjoyed a book about a prom. Well, yeah. This was exactly the way my prom went, by the way. <laughs> did you guys did you guys did you guys see in the background of the Tiger Hank Pym uh, dialogue the Komodo hardball thing? The Komodo hard Oh <laughs> nice. No, I didn't until you just pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I didn't catch it the first read through either. Ty, uh, Tiger and Hank Pym are having this this a deep moment in the background, you see the rest of the prom going on and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I, I particularly enjoy, you know, Butterball's got all the dance moves. 
<laughs> you know, I, I just I thought the book was great. I I, I hazmat and uh, metal are quickly emerging as my favorite characters in the book. You know, and they're certainly the most emo. But uh, I, I I'm really enjoying. You know that they're they're really dealing with uh, how isolated those two characters are. Yeah, I'm I'm digging it. I, I think this is I think this is a fantastic book. Krista Gage has has really got the voices of these characters down. I think for me the the moment of the book was when Firestar found out that Justice was sleeping with his new girlfriend, mm-hmm. and they had never slept together. Yeah, because he was saving himself. <laughs> Just the screaming, how's this for special while she kicks his ass? Yeah. And that why am I not wonderful. special? <laughs> yeah. I thought that and then the awkward, how awkward would it be to be her new boyfriend who's watching this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I thought the book was great. I, I really did. It's not did. as awkward as his, her new boyfriend's costume. Her new boyfriend's <laughs> costume. He looks like a Rolex watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the symbol for gravity. Now, sure. let's talk a little bit about the Avengers Academy book that none of us bought this week. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. That was in my, so that was in my poll because Avengers Academy is in my poll. So I get, I get it. It's like, oh, this, eh, this looks okay. I'm flipping through it. And then I see the price point, $7.99. So immediately like, I go into, okay, how, how long will it be before the guy running the shop gets distracted so I can slip this back on the shelf without guilt? <laughs> so I waited until someone else walked in. And the moment someone else walked in, the book goes from my hand right back up on the shelf. Because I'll be damned if I'm paying seven ninety nine for a single issue of a comic book, even if it's a giant size, but especially if it's a crossover. Yeah, seven ninety nine. I mean, it's just a little ridiculous for a comic book. You know, so when I'm buying, like for instance, the Morning Glories trade paperback is nine ninety nine. You know, better binding. <laughs> uh, I'm not buying a floppy for $7.99. I'm just not going to do it. That's no. just throwing money in the street, in my opinion. No, and we all love Avengers Academy. Yeah, not no. one of us. Yeah. No, 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 one of us were like, "This is th- we're going to do this." So you have to wonder what the heck is uh, were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, <they> just, <laughs> who's buying the book? People that get it in their pool that don't catch the price point. Because if I hadn't caught it, I would have just put it up on the counter and paid for it and been wondering why my bill was so expensive. Yeah. Well, and that would have been thirty percent of my uh, of my comic purchases this week. You know, in terms of, of dollar value, I, I I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. I'm just I'm not spending you know eight bucks on a floppy. Just not, it's not going to happen. Just don't, Tim, stop it. It's not going to happen. Uh, he, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I, you know, I, I could have spent I could have spent my eight bucks that I spent on my two comics, or I could have spent another eight bucks on the one comic. Yeah, mm, yeah. No. I want to know who at Marvel thought this was a good idea. Exactly. That's my thing. Is that, that, that doesn't... this title trying to bring everyone on board, and I'm not willing to do that. Yeah, that is uh, that is not a sound decision in in my perspective, and I'm real curious to know how that conversation went at Marvel. You know, hey, you you want to have a cross? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. No, I'm just thinking. You know, hey, let's let let's take a book that. You know, really isn't one of our of our uh, you know big characters. You know, it's not one of our huge titles, and let's charge a ridiculous amount of money for it. You know, I just I'm, I'd be I'd, I can't wait to see what the sales numbers are on this book. Bad. 
but um, my guess is is that it, it, the, the way to have done this is if you wanted to have a situation where you had both of them in a crossover, maybe that should have been a free comic book day book. Uh, yeah. To bring in people. Yeah. But you know, what and do it, I know? Unfortunately, they even referenced that crossover in this title. I think we would have gotten a little bit more from the regular issue if we'd have read the giant size, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor decision, Marvel. (laughs) Well, was it as poor as the decision to put Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev on Moon Knight? You didn't like Moon Knight? I did not like Moon Knight, number one. Really? Well, tell me about it, Paul. Okay, so... uh, when this was announced, you know, Bendis and Malieve, um, who are the current creative team on Scarlet, which I think is from Marvel's Icon line. Right. Um, they announced that, hey, they're going to do Moon Knight also, and they're going to alternate months. So you, this month you'll get Moon Knight. Next month you'll get Scarlet. The month after that you'll get Moon Knight. So it's a bi-monthly book. Um, you know, and this, you know, th- this story has Moon Knight. Uh, he has been called to the West coast and he is going to be an Avenger on the West coast. And I, I have to say, uh, and so, you know, Moon Knight has, is a character who has always been established as having uh, multiple personalities. Well, in this book, it's established that not only does he have multiple you know, personalities like Jake Lockley, Mark Spector, things like that. He also has Wolverine, Spider-Man and Captain America in his head. Yeah. So, you know, he, he has full conversations with them, and then you realize, oh, they're not actually there. Mm-hmm. Now, that scene, I enjoyed. But the main stuff with Mr. Hyde, which seems to contradict whatever's going on in Thunderbolts right now, and, you know, like the, the main crux of the story, I didn't actually enjoy. How'd you feel about it, Aaron? I was confused through part of the book. You know, and if, and when we realize that the Avengers are in his head as opposed to actually being physically there, um, you know, that kind of clarified that for me. But, you know, I'm kind of there with you. The continuity seems a little goofy. And, you know, but yeah, these days when you're reading Marvel, you really have to um, just suspend your, your disbelief in terms of, of continuity because they're going to screw you with it every single time. Um, I also had an issue with, you know, why is it we've got the Ultron story going over in uh, Avengers? You know, we, we talked about the uh, point one book last week with Ultron in it, and now we've got Ultron showing up here in Moon Knight. And I honestly don't – even though Bendis is writing both, I've got a gut feeling it's not a crossover, that these stories won't link. <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be two separate things. hope I'm wrong. Well, actually, I hope you're right because I don't want to continue buying Moon Knight. You know, if this is leading up to the next big Marvel event, you know, if he's just dropping Ultron into different places, yeah, and there will be you know a big Marvel event at the end of this, I, I, you know, I don't want to have to buy Moon Knight because I I, I got to be honest, I didn't care for the book that much. Right, right. I I liked the book enough to buy issue two, but I'm not wild about the book. Um, the problems that I have with the art are not Alex Maleev. It's the coloring. Um, I think I think Alex Maleev has some great uh, uh, pencils here, but I don't think that he's colored correctly. I think that that they they needs a, a, a different atmosphere uh, in the uh, in the coloring of the book. Um, I'm hoping that the, the, this book gets some legs under it. 
uh, in issue two. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, the dynamic of of him creating these Avengers personalities in his head, uh, which makes the cover make more sense because <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't understand what the cover was telling me. But I, I think there's enough interest here. I think that the the uh, voicing of the characters is still good. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging around for number two. See, I don't think I'm going to. Um, I, I, a couple of, you know, you mentioned the art. I, I have to be honest. I, I thought I, Alex Maleev was probably the wrong guy for this book. Oh, I, well, see, I, just... I, norm, I like his art in general. I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I don't know. As a, for a superhero book, I, I'm not big on his art. Well, and, you know, he, he and Bendis did Daredevil together. And I thought that his art was really well matched for Daredevil because it really has that, you know, that gritty, dark, noir sensibility to it. Um, and I think that that suits Moon Knight well, um, which is why I, I'm complaining that I don't think that the colorist uh, painted those those panels as efficiently as I might have hoped. You know, I don't think that oh, it, maybe it, that's my issue. You know, oh. maybe that's really what it is. I don't know. Yeah, I just but, don't think that know, it captured also, the mood. But I also, I you know, I think it's kind of hard because I feel like they were trying to paint something brighter for the the Hollywood scenes. You know. To, to, to have that, that artificial Hollywood type of thing. And this might have been a situation where you might have had – you might have should have had two artists. You know, somebody to do the Hollywood stuff and then somebody to do the Moon Knight stuff. You know, Alex, you know, focus Alex Maleev on, on, the, on the very moody uh, Moon Knight, uh, you know, sequences. And then somebody a little bit more traditional for the uh, Hollywood sequences. You know, maybe that might have been a better blend. Yeah, and it would have helped get the book out monthly. As a as a bi monthly book, a book has to really rock my socks off. Yeah. If I'm going to stick on for a bi monthly book, and yeah. uh, this one didn't rock my socks. Yeah. My socks are sufficiently I, unrocked. <laughs> well, and I will agree with you that you know it was not a strong outing. And you know, one thing I'll say about about Bendis is that he does a fantastic job of promoting his books. You know, he'll be out there talking to you about how wonderful they are and how, you know, this is the moon night. You know, he's always dreamed about writing and, the, you know, yada, yada. And I will have to say it's not on the page. You know, his his uh, promotion of this book is not well uh, matched with what we actually got. So I will agree with that. I am hopeful that number two is better. I'll stick around for at least issue two. Well, you'll have to let me know how it is. I will. I will let you know, Paul. <laughs> I will let you know. Now, another book that I had planned to drop was Uncanny X Force. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna give it issue nine, and if issue nine didn't impress me, I was gonna be done with the book. Um, issue nine of Uncanny X Force, uh, written by Rick Remender, art by Billy Chan, features Magneto finding out about the existence of Wolverine's X Force team. And so Wayne and I read this one. Wayne, what'd you think? A uh, huge disappointment. The art was beautiful. The, the story was actually not bad. It's just, this is not a story I think should ever be told in comics. I mean, Magneto gives Wolverine someone from, from the Nazi party from his childhood and sends him to kill him. You know, kill Wolverine kills an old man in cold blood. Magneto sends Wolverine to kill an old man in cold, in cold blood because he's not capable of doing it himself. Yes, the man had committed many crimes in his past that he had put, you know, he had put in his past and was trying to hide, 
and he had lived half of his life as a basically a man in exile with a wife having a farm. This, to me, this entire book was ridiculous. This story should have never been told. This tarnishes Wolverine's character as well as Magneto's. But the art was pretty. <laughs> I, I didn't have the uh, the moral ambiguity issues with the book that you did. Um, you know, the, the the fact that Magneto sent Wolverine on a, an assassin's mission to, to kill a, a, an old Nazi uh, for his war crimes didn't really bug me, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I felt like... I felt like there, this story should have had an emotional impact. Like they wanted this story to have an emotional impact. And but they didn't. never tell what the guy did. I mean, you know he was a yeah. Nazi. So that immediately tells you he did horrible things. But we don't know what he did. They never tell us what he did. I mean, maybe there would be more emotional impact if we heard, you know, here are his crimes. But that never happens. It's just this guy was a Nazi. Magneto has something against this guy. Probably did something horrible. Wolverine kills an you know an old man in cold blood, and I, I feel like you know Remender uh, was putting a lot of trust in his artist Billy Tan, and Billy Tan did an admirable job. There's a lot of emotion on the page. You see Magneto. I mean, Magneto's practically begging Wolverine. Very to, to little take this dialogue. Job. Multiple, multiple yeah. pages, no dialogue at all. This was entirely a visually driven story. I feel, and again, my problem with the book, I feel like they maybe thought it had more impact than it actually did, more emotional impact, because it did not have that emotional impact for me, and it wasn't it wasn't good enough for me to continue reading uh, the book. So even though the next issue is the start of the Dark, um, the dark Angel saga, uh, which is, you know, Archangel, I guess, going bad, uh, I, I'm, I'm out of it at this point. Uh, I hope it's good. If it's con- If I hear good things, I will pick it up and trade. But I am out of the book right now. One thing, you know, I haven't read, I didn't read Uncanny X-Force, but reading Uncanny X-Men, this seems like a weird thing for Magneto to do. Because if he has a Nazi to be killed, it seems like he would go straight to Nemesis. (laughs) That's actually where he finds out about the Nazi. He sends Nemesis to get the information. And then when Nemesis gives him the information, he sends Wolverine to do the job. I just, I cannot see Wolverine standing in front of a helpless old man with a sword and slicing him in two. This is not something we've seen in Wolverine's character. He doesn't kill helpless people in an execution-style fashion. He kills people while fighting. He kills people that, you know, the people are at least defending themselves usually. He doesn't execute people. I'm I'm still on board for the next storyline, though, because Archangel is one of my favorite X-Men characters of all time. And I want to see this story. But, yeah, I could not have been more disappointed with the characterizations in this 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 was a story that should not have been told. What is the next storyline with Archangel involved? It's uh, it's uh, uh, since the beginning of Uncanny X Force, Angel has been kind of battling his Archangel self. Um, so it's called the Dark Angel Saga, and for some uh, somehow it has it has ties to the Age of Apocalypse stuff also, because uh, they've been advertising showing the Age of Apocalypse X Men um, as part of the Dark Angel Saga. So. I mean, again, I, I'm interested, but at the same time, I think at this point I'm done with the title. If I hear it's good, I'll pick it up and trade. But I just – I didn't get enough of an impact out of this. The last – let's see, because it was a – what was the first storyline? Was it three issues or four issues? The first four-issue storyline, awesome. Every issue since has disappointed me. So yep. at this point, I have now had more disappointing issues <laughs> than issues I liked. 
I'm done with but the, the good issues were so good. And you know, <laughs> some were. of the best things about those were the Archangel stuff, which is why I'm not ready to jump off even after being livid about this book. And the last issue before this, where Archangel's dark side takes over, the, the Shadow King issue, mm-hmm. where his dark side takes over and he kills someone. And then, you know, everyone's just, well, I, I guess you had to. That gives me hope for the Archangel storyline. Well, you, you let me know how it is, just like Aaron will let me know how he died. <laughs> Maybe I'll pick up one of these books. But, you know, it, it makes it hard to want to pick up, you know, titles that are disappointing when mm-hmm. you, you have stuff like Free Comic Book Day that introduces you to all sorts of new goodies. Oh, yeah. You can be disappointed for free. <laughs> if it's so, free. Uh, yesterday or this past weekend, by the time you're listening to this episode, was free comic book day, uh, right after Thor Day. And we all hit our local comic shop, or you know, some variation thereof, and got our yeah, free comic. Mine comics. wasn't local, that's for sure. <laughs> so for me, we were uh, – this weekend is just no downtime at all. I had to work last night. Yesterday we did Mother's Day stuff for both my wife's mother and mine. Bogus so made-up greeting card holiday. We Aaron drove – <laughs> We had to drive an hour and a half to get to where Sarah's mom lives now. And on the way back, it's already, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, it's like I have not hit a comic book store. You know, and I have I have a turkey in the smoker at home. I have to get home for my mom. So it's like I may not hit anything today. So I had Sarah on her phone at this time look up, all right, what's local comic book store wise? We're going to stop off the highway, find a comic book store. So we find this shop that's actually kind of an interesting shop. They had a whole room to the side that was just quarter bin stuff, and they were doing uh, a lot of stuff for free comic book day. And it was the first time I've ever seen a shop that they had a sign on the table, you know, please grab only one book of each kind. You can grab one of everything if you want, but only one of each kind. So I'm loading up on books there. The guy behind the counter does a uh, he does a game of chance where he takes one of the black lantern rings and hides it behind his back and puts both hands up and you pick which which hand it's in. The, my wife was really bad at it, but I was good at it, so I won a black lantern ring, which I think I already had, and a keychain. But what got to me was after so after all this, this, the shop seems really interesting. My wife finds a comic that she wants that we actually are buying. We go up to the counter, I pull out a card, and the guy's like, "Oh no, only cash and checks." Really? Really? You're doing business and you don't take cards? Are you going out of business or something? Wow. Because I wouldn't shop there. Yeah. She had cash on her, thankfully, because I never carry cash. So she yeah. was able to, to get the comics she wanted. But, you know, it had all this really cool stuff about the shop. I thought the shop was interesting. That's a deal breaker for me. No no taking cards. I'm, I wouldn't shop there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it eliminates your ability to impulse purchase. You have to know how much cash to have on you to, to go in. I mean, wow. And I, I'm like yourself. I never carry cash. Yeah. I mean, it's just never it, enough cash never, to cover my, my comic book debt, I should say. Your habit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I managed to hit a second shop on the way home, too, one that was more of a regular shop. But, yeah, that was just uh, – I wanted to share that experience because there was actually a store out there that doesn't take cards. That's making a huge business mistake, and my guess will be out of business before too long. Well, uh, I, I went to Zeus Comics, my my usual haunt for comic book shopping here in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex area, and uh, 
Um, he had, you know, he, he, like the story you described, you know, he allows you to take one of everything, you know, just, you know, they ask, you know, take what you're going to read. And, you know, so I came out with a huge stack of stuff while I was waiting in line there, uh, there was, uh, I parked in the underground parking garage and took the elevator up and there was a guy there with me. He goes, Hey, are you here for free comic book day? And I said, yeah. So we get to talking and I asked him what books he was excited about. And turns out this guy's only been reading comics for three months. And, you know, this was his first free comic book day experience. And it was kind of nice to, you know, chat with a guy who hadn't done this before, you know, who wasn't all jaded on his comics, you know, didn't didn't have didn't give me the line. Oh, I've been reading comics for so long. I only read indies. I can't do any of the super stuff. He's just he's new into comics and he's interested in reading everything. And it was great. It was a nice conversation. Name name Shane. So if he's listening, you know, shout out to Shane. Woo, Shane. Shane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Shane. You know, that Zeus had, you know, nice little, you know, sort of, uh, you know, free comic book day atmosphere. They had, uh, you know, uh, someone dressed up as a princess for uh, uh, the, the little kids and she was doing balloon animals and whatnot. And uh, they had they had several uh, comic book professionals there, like, for instance, Wendy Peeney was there, you know, uh, formerly of ElfQuest, uh, you know, several other people i didn't stop to chat because the wife was waiting for me in the car so <laughs> i took advantage of the 30 percent off trade paperback sale grabbed a copy another copy of morning glories because you know i bought one for the giveaway and i didn't have one for myself to read so i bought another one of those and i picked up uh, uh the current volume of northlanders because i'm really enjoying that and all at 30 percent off very excited zeuscomics.com check them out they're a great store did you leave your wife in the car so she oh, yeah. wouldn't see how much you paid on free comic book day? That is exactly correct. She does <laughs> th- these these are this is information she does not need to have. <laughs> thank thank God she has to listen to the show. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, I uh, I left uh, I left flyers at the at, at uh, the place I went to, and I, I got we're gonna have pictures up for for me too at some point. But uh, yeah, left we went to House of Heroes and. and you know, we got the free comic books, and you know, my wife even picked out one of the ones for free comic book days she wanted to read. So that was cool. Well, you know, when I was chatting uh, in line with Shane, I was I was chatting up the website, and I said, yeah, you know, ch- check us out, ideologyofmadness.com. Uh, you know, where if we geek about it, we speak about it. We've got stuff on there from comic books to role playing games, video games, you know, TV shows, movies, everything. It's it's out there for you. And he's like, oh wow. And so I, I was telling him, I said, well, we do a weekly comics review podcast, and then we have an interview series where we interview, uh, you know, different comic talent. So for instance, we've got an interview with Daryl Gregory coming up in the next week or so. And I uh, said, so we also have a, uh, a role playing game. Uh, uh, actual play we we did a first season of sandbox episodes and then we've got a, a second season of actual play that's about to come out and he's like wow do you do this for a living <laughs> I was like if only <laughs> so full-time gig would be nice wouldn't it yeah it would yeah well i went down to my local el camino branch and uh picked up a couple comic books had my young son with me because you know and they charged you a buck 50 for each free comic not quite, not quite. <laughs> so we wondered, you know, we got there maybe about five, ten minutes before the store opened. There was already a, a good-sized line there, but it was fun. You know, it was kind of a hanging out. I saw some people I knew, some friends in line, so we stayed around talked till we got in there. Uh, you know, so I let him grab two. I grabbed two. I let him pick his own out on his own. Uh, we, were, we were going to, to kind of head out, and he sees these these silly bands, which I don't know if not having kids, you guys know about the silly bands, but... They're basically these little rubber bands that 
when you just lay them out there in the shape of something and then you can put them around your wrist. Sure. Yes. You know, I only know about them because they're in some of the geeky clean soaps. That was the Dave. first time I'd heard it. It's like, what is this thing? And then a friend of mine who has kids says, if you had kids, you would know. You know, the yes. funny part is the the wife bought silly bands around Halloween. And then when the kids came trick or treating, she would make she would make side deals with them. Like, <laughs> well, you, you give me that Snickers. I'll give you the silly band. And so we got so much candy for a bag of our bands. It was ridiculous. I'm yeah. just amused that Wayne only knows about silly bands via personal hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're very big with the elementary school set. So uh, uh, they had some. So they didn't. They had different superhero silly bands as as we were heading out. And there was one that was Wonder Woman, which which happens to be uh, his mother's favorite superhero. Uh-huh. And so he says, "Daddy, let's buy these for uh, for mommy for Mother's Day." I was like, "Well, I can't argue with that." So we picked that up and and headed out. And and I thought I thought it went really well. It was actually a really nice experience. Very good. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Tell us about your yes. free comic book day experience and the curiously hot women that you have photographed. And what is up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so I went to Local Heroes Comics in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. And there's a couple of different comic shops in the area. But, uh, you know, Local Heroes has become my, my regular place. So I went there. And one of the reasons that they've become my regular place is because they go all out for free comic book day. Yeah. You know, they do a very good job for free, free comic book day. They, they, they advertise, they advertise specifically towards children as well. Um, so, you know, I'm walking up, you know, and they, they have a tent set up outside with dollar comics and cheap t-shirts. Um, Inside places swamped, packed with people, you know, young people, old people, hot chicks, you know, not so hot chicks, yeah. and a ton of kids. I mean, I was smiling from ear to ear because, you know, so many kids in the comic shop. I don't remember the last time I saw so many kids in a comic shop. Did they bust in the hot um, chicks? You know, <laughs> did they what? Did they bust yeah, in did they the bust? Yeah, they, they were just bringing in hot chicks. Yeah, they, they were probably just there, you know, to, to model for photographs and make people think that hot chicks go to comic shops. Nice. Um, they weren't actually there for the comics. They were just modeling. No. Um, <laughs> No, it was cool. You know, it, it was it was a. I really enjoyed. Like I said, I enjoyed seeing the kids, and not only that, the owner uh, actually, he he bought a whole ton of merchandise to have there because you know with kids coming in and stuff like that. So now he has a new area of the store for like uh, comic themed stuffed animals and and things like that uh, and action figures. Um, he had this display for comic wallets, so I bought a Green Lantern wallet. Is it Velcro? I mean, just tons of cool stuff. Nerd. No, it is not Velcro. <laughs> is it? Is it one of the comic ones that have a bunch of panels from the comic books? Yes. Because my wife bought it's me really one of those cool. for Christmas, not the Green Lantern one. I have uh, X Men one. But every time I'm in a store and take it out, someone makes a comment about it. Oh, that's a cool wallet. And I was thinking, wow, I thought it was a little bit tacky. But everyone else thinks <laughs> yeah. it's cool. I mean, it is. It's tacky, but it's fun. You know, I mean, I'm not going to use it all the time, but I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, they had free bagels. They had free pizza. I mean, it was just this whole event. And, uh, you know, I walk up to the table and it says, you know, take you can, t- you know, take four comics, you know. But, of course, you know, I know the I know the owner guy. So he walks up to the girl manning the table. He's like, he can have whatever he wants. <laughs> so I ended up walking out. with Paul's cool. 12 that's books. How, that's how yeah, Palapante rolls. Yeah. So I got 12 books. Yeah. Big ball, you know, I, I didn't ball pick up, up on day. 
I really should have grabbed one of everything, but I didn't want to be a bastard. Right. You, you know, know, and you know, we, so I, I grabbed one of everything I was interested in. You Since say when? being a bastard for us? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Since when, Paul? So we've, we've all kind of described stores that did stuff on Free Comic Book Day. Even sort of. Andrew's El Camino Comics did a little something, right? I yeah. called over that we've got several comic shops in the area, and I, I was calling around to see who what else folks were doing, and I called this one comic shop, and they're actually pretty big. Uh, and I said, hey, what are y'all doing for, you know, other than free comics, what are y'all doing for free comic book day? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, are you having a sale? Are you having signings? You know, what are you doing? She goes, oh, well, you know, we've got some trade paperbacks, you know, a selection of trade paperbacks that are on sale. And I'm like, are those the same trade paperbacks that have been on sale since before Christmas? Yeah, those. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Paul has described before on uh, he's having gone to a trade sale where the, uh, you know, there are items that nobody wants, you know, know, some shitty trade paperback from seven years ago. Um, And I'm like, so that's all you're doing? Yeah, that's what we're doing. If that's what my shop were doing, I'd go to Free Comic Book Day at the library instead. Yeah. Because the local libraries here have Free Comic Book Day. And you can get just as much out of there and go check out some uh, trades. Yeah. Well, and I have I have one other story from my free comic book day oh. experience. Uh, Is it a he she goat update? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry, but it's not. Oh. Uh, so we were out running errands, the two of us, and uh, we were swinging by and we were driving past my local game store. And uh, there was this huge line. The store hadn't opened yet. And there's this line just waiting for it to open. I'm like, oh. They must be doing free comic book day too, because they've done it in years past. And I don't know if they've done it recently, but but they they've done it before. So, you know, the two of us stop, we, we hop in line, which is across the parking lot, and we spend maybe twenty minutes waiting in line. And, and you know, the store opens, and we get inside to the little uh, there's like a little area that's double glass door, so we're kind of in that entryway area. I'm standing there, and I'm like, you know, I haven't seen anyone come back out. That seems that seems odd, and so I look up to this big calendar they have the on the wall in the entryway, and I, I look at that to find the date, and there it is, and it says Magic New Phyrexia Pre-Release Tournament. I look in front of me, I look behind me, I'm like, ah, oh, son of a gun, I'm in line for a magic tournament. <laughs> so we get out of line at this point and just go inside, and yeah, sure enough, uh, yeah, we spent twenty mine. 20 minutes in line for, for a magic tournament by accident. So you, sorry. You, you knew Jonathan oh. magic as well. You yeah, exactly. I see a shady looking dude with Alabama license plates and like a trench coat. Get out of his car. Did you? Yeah. He kept talking about how, you know, he would, he would shut corn, you know, and get his best ideas in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause you know, we, <laughs> we do have the Amber alert out for old. Jonathan. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> See what I missed by being out of town for so free comic book day. One of the local shops has costumes. You know, has people in costumes every year. They hire actual models to wear the the Wonder Woman and the Batgirl costumes, yeah. and they usually have like a Batman or Aaron Robin at some point as well. But they like to focus on the female superheroes. Go figure. <laughs> I I kind of miss not seeing that this year because those are they kind of brighten your day. <laughs> So we've we've nattered on here for several minutes about uh, our free comic book day experience. Maybe we ought to talk about some comics, and maybe we should start off with something stupendous and awesome like Super Dinosaur. 
what do you think about this, Paul? <laughs> so, um, Super Dinosaur came from Image Comics. That was their entry into Free Comic Book Day this year. Uh, Super Dinosaur Free Comic Book Day Origin Special, written by Robert Kirkman with art by Jason Howard, the creative team behind Astounding Wolfman. Um, now, before I go into my review of the book, did any does anybody follow Robert Kirkman on Twitter? No, I do. No, I follow very few of no. the of the authors I like because they tend to tweet a lot. Holy shit. They had a full-size super dinosaur where he was signing. They had like a guy in a costume as super dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, I saw you retweet that. T-Rex with missiles on his shoulders. Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. That was awesome. That that picture was amazing. Um, I was almost jealous of you when I saw that tweet because until I read what it was, I thought you were at a place that had that. It's like, man, I'm jealous of Paul. That shouldn't happen. But uh, as far as the actual book, I you know I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's very much you know uh, an introduction to to the cast of characters that that you know are in Super Dinosaur. I, I talked about it a little bit on the website as well. Ideology of Madness. Um, you know, it's, it, the book is definitely geared more towards kids um, than it is towards adults. But if I was ten years old, I would love the shit out of that book. Yeah, you got talking dinosaurs. Missiles on, you know, dinosaur shoulders fighting in the streets. I mean, just, you know, it, it's a very fun book. Yeah, that was uh, kind of my of take. That, that was my take on it, too. Is it's not, it doesn't really appeal to me, but the art's very good. And I think uh, I, I think for someone in that, that age bracket uh, would love this because, you know, it's about a, a young boy, you know, Derek Dynamo, who has his best friend is a nine foot tall T-Rex who is in genetically modified to have, you know, human intelligence and has the exoskeleton full of weapons. I mean, how is that not just amazing for a yeah, young child? Fantastic. You know, it, it, it is very much a marketable idea. You can have uh, toys, you know, I, I, I would, I, I think when they, um, when they collect it, they should make it in a lower price digest size. I mean, and really kind of get it out there for kids. Cause I think it is a really fun book. Um, you know, for, for kids who were maybe my, I mean, I started reading comics at a really, really young age, but you know, that middle grade, you know, 10, you know, maybe eight, nine, 10 years old. Perfect. Perfect age for this book. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun. It's cool. And, uh, you know, definitely worth, was, uh, worth picking up. Agreed. Now from the big two, uh, you know, the big two put out two books each this free comic book day. Marvel put out Amazing Spider-Man and uh, a Captain America slash Thor book. Um, and DC put out Green Lantern, Flashpoint and a uh, Young Justice sampler. So kind of a, uh, you know, a regular reader's book and a young reader's book. Now, we all uh, I'm sorry, Andrew did not. But the rest of us picked up Amazing Spider-Man. And, and uh, what do you guys think? You know, I, I got to tell you, I was worried about the the Amazing Spider-Man free comic book day book because I just thought, you know, it's going to be, you know, eight pages of, of new content and they'll they'll populate it with a bunch of reprints. Um, I, I This was ever bit as good as the you know regular uh, monthly or twice monthly Amazing Spider-Man book. This was fantastic. 
you know, it, it was a nice refresher on who the character is. So if you don't, if you're somebody who's lived under a rock for the last, uh, you know, several decades and you don't know who Spider-Man is, it does, you know, give you his origin story again in a nice little, you know, two page spread. And then it also updates you on where he is right now in his story. Uh, I, the, I, I am a big fan of Umberto Ramos's work on Amazing Spider-Man. I know that Wayne is not. Oh, but, yeah, this was horrible art. The human oh. body does not go to 90-degree yeah. angles. You don't need to do blur action for hits, and there is nothing sexy about Spider-Woman in this art. And I completely disagree with everything Wayne just said. I thought the, the artwork was blasting off the page. Thoroughly enjoyed oh. Roberto Ramos's uh, work on this book. The human was, body does not have ninety degree angles. There should never be a jagged edge to it. Uh, Spider Man does not. Spider Man does. Was were, were all the characters wearing size thirteens? <laughs> no, the feet were not uh, exceptionally huge. Okay. But uh, I, again, I, I, the voice that Dan Slott has provided Spider Man is so unique and you know at the christopher yost um fear itself spider-man book is is an absolutely fine book but it doesn't have that slot voice for the character and i mean this is my spider-man this is the only spider-man i want to read i am not interested in anybody else's spider-man so marvel ha- may have done themselves a disservice because if it doesn't have dan slot on it i'm probably not going to buy it because i am so grooving to dan slot's spider-man you know overall I hate the loss of the spider sense. That, to me, is a key part of the character. What I enjoyed about this story is that they're actually using it to push the story forward. It's gone, but now it's an excuse for him to learn kung fu. Yeah. You know, and I do think they're going to bring it back at some point. It's not something they just took away to take away. It's building into the larger story. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it's not going to bother me as much going forward if that's how I see it, that this is part of... A larger arc. I think he's going to eventually get it back, but he needs to grow a little bit first. And I'm cool with that. My only complaint about this book is the art. I really, really hate this art. It's blocky and horrible, and there's no curves except for Spider-Woman's boobs in one panel. They curve nicely. But everywhere else, they're blocky, just like the rest of the art. Uh, See, and I I just completely disagree with you, Wayne. I, I thought the art served the story rather well, and I, I, I think Umberto Ramos has got a nice uh, depiction of Spider-Man. But that's when enough I, of Wayne and I disagreeing. <laughs> Let's hear what Paul and Tim have to say. You know what I have to say? I'm going to get a pizza t- tonight, and I'm going to bill it to you, Aaron, because I'm an amazing friend. <laughs> you just are like an amazing Sp- friend. Just like Spider-Man decided to uh, build the damages to Tony Stark. Because he's an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Those two pages were awesome. <laughs> you know, the cops are like, "Hey, isn't that Spider-Man? Shouldn't we like arrest him or something?" Like, you guys aren't around here. I'm an Avenger. And then he goes to the hot dog vendor. He's like, "I want a hot dog with all with all the works." <laughs> the guy's like, uh, "That'll be five bucks." And he's like, uh, "I'm an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Avenge this." <laughs> so, <good. laughs> oh, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not going to mention the art once because I don't want to pull the cord on Wayne anymore. But <laughs> um, I really well, I have I, more ranting I could do too. Yeah, you could, but you're not going to. So I liked, uh, <laughs> I liked, I liked it. I like, I agree about the spider sense. I, I 
I think it sucks he doesn't have it, but this was a really cool scene with him and Shang Tsu. Shang Chi. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh, the master of kung fu and 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 uh, whining and uh, so I I thought that this was a really good spot to tell a story behind why Spider Man is not going to get his ass completely kicked for the rest of the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love Spider Man's conversation with him too. The when he says something about you know she has spider powers, you should be evenly matched, and Spider Man points out every time I fight someone with spider powers, I get my ass kicked. <laughs> right. Paul, what did you think? I really liked it. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say more about it that hasn't already been said, other than it's a fantastic book. It felt just like a, you know, I wouldn't say a filler issue, but like a one-shot issue, you know, that would happen in the regular Amazing Spider-Man title. You well, know, it, would, it, it would explain, you know, it seems like it leads into something that happens in Spider-Island. Mm-hmm. Just really, really well done book. You know, definitely, if you weren't reading Amazing Spider-Man, I think this would be a good book to bring you back on. Well, and I think that Marvel just does an exceptional job in or this year anyway in their their free comic book day books because you know they handed you a full amazing spider-man story you know we have seen from at least other publishers um in the past where you get a little sliver of it and hey you know come back and buy a book to get a real story you know but amazing spider-man gives you the whole thing amazing spider-man tells you how the character became who he is what the character is experiencing right now, the story that it tells is in the current continuity. You could leap right in and pick up the next book. And then they give you Captain America and Thor, which, hey, they've got a Captain America movie coming out later this summer, and hey, didn't Thor open uh, on Friday? You know, So they're giving you a taste of that. Uh, again, full story. Um, they also... The original least, content. Original content with you know talented people you know, working on them, um, you know, they're, they're giving you full, new, fresh content. And then, of course, you know, at least at my shop, they had the uh, Mighty Thor saga. I don't know if they had that at any of your at your shop. So you could, again, see another Thor book up on the shelf again for free when the when the movie is coming out. I mean, Marvel has this shit going on. Conversely, there's DC. <laughs> <laughs> And I would, I would, I would say maybe not so much. Um, I thoroughly did not enjoy uh, the Green Lantern Free Comic Book Day book. Well, no. it's a reprint. Is it a reprint? <laughs> it, it, this is a reprint of the first issue of uh, Secret Origin, ah. uh, which was in the Green Lantern books. Uh, I don't know, probably like it, you know, somewhere in the teens. So this is a reprint of the first issue See. of that, you know, and of course the movie is based on on that. So you right. know they're 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 kind of taking some stuff, you know, to kind of lead into the movie or get, uh, presents a story that people of the movie would be familiar with. You know, I had a really good defense of it until Paul said it was a reprint. <laughs> yeah, so I it was going to no be like it was a reprint either. It was like I was going to say, well, it's you know they they were aiming for a different thing because the movie hasn't come out yet. They want people to pick up the comic book and know that to see the rest of that story, they need to go see the movie. And you know, I don't think I I, I agree with Aaron. I don't think that's the way to go. But I I don't think that that's that it, it's a failing. It's see, just a different viewpoint. And what I think they should have done is what Marvel did and tell the origin in two pages. Yes. And then 
tell us something, tell us a Green Lantern story that stands on its own. You know, and I'm just, you know, because you're going to show you the origin all over again in the movie. Um, they shouldn't need to be telling you that story again. I just it bugged me. It bugged me hard. I, I it was like, just, it was, you know, last year DC did the War of the Supermen. Yep. Uh, you know, the that that was their, it was original content. And I just hate when publishers put out reprints for free comic book day. It's yeah. just laziness. Um, so this was just laziness. And, you know, of course, then they have a preview for Flashpoint, which does nothing to sell the story to you. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I, anyone else bothered the, uh, was anyone else bothered by that big, round, empty white spot on Hal's chest for most of the issue? I don't know if they explained that in the origin section, but where there should be the Green Lantern symbol, there's no symbol. It's just white. Yeah. Yeah. It's explained there's, in the actual in, – if you were to pick up uh, – Secret Origin trade paperback, it comes up later. It would all be in there. <laughs> yeah, but of course, this being a free comic book thing, it doesn't mention that it was reprinted from somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't point you to where to go to get the rest of that story. So I had no idea it was a, a reprint. It even says next boot camp on the bottom, but I don't know where boot camp is at. You know, I wouldn't know where to pick up the next part of it. So I would never know why it doesn't have that symbol in there and why it just looks wrong. It looks like a dialogue box. The letterer fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> well, you, you know, usually they'll give you a note saying, you know, these pages originally appeared over here. And I don't see that anywhere in this book. No, I mean, there's I mean I'm not ad- disputing what you're saying, Paul, but it just surprises me. Yeah, there's an ad for Green Lantern Secret Origin. I mean, they're reprinting it with, uh, you know, a cover featuring Ryan Reynolds on it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say this story continues in this book. Right. Uh, but that is where the story is. That is, you know, where this issue comes from. So it, it, it was disappointing that they literally just did a reprint. Yeah. In fact, uh, this is the second issue. I'm sorry. This was the second issue right. of Secret Origin. It says Secret Origin Book Two on right. the uh, on the very first page. It's like well, that's just shitty. You yeah. Know? No. Yeah. Secret it's false. Yeah. Well, where's Secret Origin Book One? You know, it's for someone who's picking this up on Free Comic Book Day who doesn't know. You know, they're going to say book two, book two of, you know, from where? Um, just a very poor showing by DC this free comic book day. Well, I so have what to did say everyone think about the flashpoint at the end. Well, I was so disgusted with the Green Lantern story that I didn't even finish to get to the flashpoint book. I was like, I'm going to come back to that later because I was just gross. I was just really disappointed in the Green Lantern story. It's, so uh, it's, you guys tell me about flashpoint. Go ahead, Wayne. Um, there really wasn't much to this preview. It wasn't what was on the panels wasn't bad, but to be honest, I'm tired of an alternate reality was just created and now you've got to do something to change it back. We've seen that too much and as much as I was hyped about Flashpoint before we found out that's what it was going to be, I had lost all interest beforehand. Reading through no this wasn't bad. It's just there's really nothing to it. Just yeah. A couple pages exactly. of a bit of dialogue. There's nothing here to to hook you. Exactly. There's nothing here to hook you. You know, and if you're not reading Flash, you're not going to get the 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 ending that it's Barry Allen. He obviously remembers his world. He doesn't understand that he's in an alternate reality yet. You don't get that from these issues unless you're reading Flash. It, it's it's a very poor preview. It's not going to bring in people. Again, you know, if you're reading Flash, it's like okay, here's the first five pages of Flashpoint number one. But as far as an actual preview for the storyline, meh, not really there. And it, and then it kills it on the next page. Okay, 
Here, I, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Is Read it going to be a com- word picture? It's going to be a word picture. Okay, so in my in, use my words and imagine. Read the complete epic flashpoint checklist. Oh God! May flashpoint number one, booster gold number forty-four. June flashpoint number two, twenty-something tie-in titles. Yeah. And 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 you know what the best part about it is? It says read the complete epic, but they run out of space on the page after the first month because yeah. there are that many fucking tie-ins. Let me yeah, tell you, I am still so disappointed that Booster Gold is that Jurgens is coming back for this crossover. I'm tempted not to jump back in with his first issue back because I don't want to be part of the Flashpoint, you know, t- storyline. So I think if I just pick those issues up, there's no. You know, there's not going to be a Booster Gold story in here. There's going to be a Booster Gold and Flashpoint story. So, other than Paul, who's reading Flashpoint? Who's going to pick it up? Uh, not I. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. okay. I'm not. I mean, th- this checklist here confirms to me my decision not to pick up Flashpoint. Because this is re- fucking ridiculous. Well, I mean, all these Flashpoint books are Elseworlds books, right? Yeah. Basically. I, I might see myself getting a a Elseworlds Flashpoint book, you know, if I can get the indication that it's going to be a story that I can, you know, mostly consume. Because you know, to be honest, uh, other other Aquaman looks kind of badass with his military haircut, mm-hmm. and you know, and I've I've liked you know the different Wonder Woman story that we've been seeing. Recently, I, I might consider getting Wonder Woman and the Furies, but I'm not. No, I'm not getting all this ridiculousness. But like yeah. a one or two, maybe. Yeah, I'll be honest. Looking through this entire comic, the only thing I got excited about seeing for an ad or a preview is that SWAT Cats is coming out on DVD. God, <laughs> oh, sweet it's Jesus. sad. It is really sad that out of this entire book that is just build up and just for promoting things that aren't out yet that it was a paid advertisement is what i found interesting so i think that i'm sorry paul you go ahead no go ahead well i i I think that uh we're all in agreement that dc really missed the boat on free comic book day is that is that fair to say Mm -hmm. yeah i'm grossly disappointed absolutely you know, and other, you know, we, we read uh, other books, obviously. We picked up a bunch of books. Hmm. Obviously, we haven't read them all, but. Um, yeah, you know, I can't say they completely missed. I say I can't say they completely missed the boat on it yet because I haven't read the Young Justice Batman sampler. That might be a good all ages thing, or it may be as disappointing as everything else we've seen. I've got it here to read, though, and I, I was happy to see that they did something with, you know, with their younger all ages audience stuff. But it could be as bad as everything else they did. Did you guys pick up anything else that you really enjoyed, Andrew? Uh, well, real quick, you know, I picked up the Avatar Star Wars flip book. Uh, the Avatar stories were great. I'm an Avatar fan. They fit into continuity uh, for the different seasons. I don't watch Clone Wars at all, which is the Star Wars is based off, so it meant nothing to me. Uh, my son picked up two things. He picked up Kung Fu Panda, which uh, I can't get away from him, so I'm guessing it's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's great because you know we're driving away from the comic book store and he's sitting back there in his car seat with it open and you can, i can hear him reading along as he reads it it was pretty it was pretty sweet but and then i read through the intrepid escape goat which uh it's a pretty nice all ages read uh it's about anthropomorphic uh, animals 
featuring, you know, the world's greatest escape goat. And, uh, you know, they're in the desert. They're, they're stealing crypts things. There's an equal, evil snake knight facade. Uh, the ba- banter is uh, pr- pretty witty, pretty humorous. Uh, it's by Brian Smith. Uh, being, I mean, I think I think it's pretty good actually. I, I was surprised. I'd never heard it before, but I thought it was great. How about you guys? I want Intrepid Escape going. It's, it's <laughs> worth reading. It's worth reading, especially for free. For free, it's fantastic. Who publishes that? Well, I'm looking right now, and it says Third World Studios presents. No, third world. They're pretty good. They uh, they put out the stuff of legend is one of their biggest titles, and they they put out kind of all ages type stuff like that. Yeah, but you no, know, it's pretty it's pretty good. The only the only one that I the only other one that I got that I don't want to talk about is um, the wave unit decided to get the Avatar: The Last Airbender one too, and uh, she got through reading it, and she's like, "What is this upside down stuff?" And she flips it over. She's like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> no, there was another thing on the back. She's like, "That's lame." <laughs> so, but she really liked the Avatar stuff. I, yeah, I read through it. It didn't really. It was okay. I'm not as big a fan. So, but I mean, for people that like it, it was good. Yes, I have the same thing about Avatar. Everyone else, I I thought it was uh, good. I didn't think it was quite as good as the TV show, but I enjoyed it. Uh, the only other book for me to mention is the Atomic Robo. Uh, you know, free comic book day entry. It was incredible. So good. Yeah, fantastic. A, a done in one story gives you a glimpse at the character if you don't know who the character is. Uh, even the backup stuff. The I really enjoyed the Foster Broussard Demons of Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about this, but I'll probably I'll pick up first issue when this book comes out because I enjoyed that as well. I loved the dialogue in Atomic Robo. You know, between him and the Velociraptor, you know, yeah. you know, you, yes, it is I, and this is all going according to plan. Do not question it. <laughs> you know, and it finds out, you know, I, I knew you would be here, Atomic Hobo. Witness how I have deconstructed your name into an insult. Yeah. Wow. Never heard that one before. Shut up. I hacked your mainframe and downloaded your itinerary. Yes. All of your computerized scheduling secrets are now mine. You joined our newsletter? <laughs> I just think it's hysterical. I love that. I love this conversation with the girl later on. I can't hire you. You're what, 10? <laughs> that and the, how did the dinosaur get guns? And then it, the snapshot over to a week ago with him going to Alonzo's gun hut and buying guns. <laughs> that was hilarious. God. Afraid I'm going to need to see some ID. Here's the big book of dinosaurs. See, there's me. <laughs> God, I, the book is just hysterical. It you know, really they is. consistently put out new and wonderful material every year for Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, I I have never been disappointed by an Atomic Robo Free Comic Book Day, re, you know, release. It's always good. Yeah, is the book is just you know, just off the hook good. I I really dug it. Now, my favorite book so far, and again, I haven't finished reading my books, um, is Lock and Key from IDW. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a little hypocritical of me to say that because it is a reprint. You are um, a hypocrite, uh, Paul. I know, and I said I hate it when people reprint stuff. But this is a reprint done right because, holy shit, this book is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to run out today and pick up the first trade of Lock and Key. That's how much I enjoyed this book. It Look was you. It was fantastic. The art was beautiful. It's a fun story. 
really enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, it's written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, mm-hmm. and uh, Gabriel Rodriguez does the art. And uh, you know, it gets it does a good job of catching you up, what you need to know to read the story. You know, where you can continue the story, where this reprint comes from. DC, take note. Um, just a, a, a fantastic book. I am definitely going to be picking up this uh, the first trade, and I hope the the series is as good as this free comic book day book was. Well, I've got a whole stack of stuff that I haven't read yet that I'm just really excited about, like the Baltimore from uh, Dark Horse Comics, the Mouse Guard uh, uh, entry. Um, Captain America Thor. Yeah, Captain America Thor. And in 2000 AD, boy, that, that it's in a magazine format uh, with uh, uh, items from the, the, the 2000 AD magazine. I'm really looking forward to looking at that one. It, it looks awfully sweet. So there was a really cool moment at the the second shop I hit was where I grabbed Atomic Robo. And there's some kid there that he walks up. He's like, what's Atomic Robo? And then suddenly three or four people that were around turn and go, ooh, Atomic Robo. And all of them grab the books. And there's a, you know, me being one of them. And there's a single copy left. And the kid looks around at everyone that just grabbed it, grabs the last copy. (laughs) That was just a wonderful moment of... You know, here's a uh, here's a book that doesn't get the mainstream coverage that we all have talked about how wonderful it is. Yeah, this kid had never heard of the character, and that so many other people in the store had that reaction to the book, and then he grabs that last copy as a new reader. Yeah, so, it's that's awesome. It's a great series. Yeah, that's what Free Comic Book Day is for, you know. And speaking of free comic books, I think we're, we we gave something away, didn't we? Yeah, you know, we've had our uh, Morning Glories uh, uh, giveaway, and I am happy to announce, chosen at random, our big winner for the Morning Glories Volume 1 trade paperback, signed by series artist Joe Isma. And our winner is Rob Hall. Now, for the entry, we, uh, we asked that you list what your gift was back in high school. And uh, Rob lists that my gift was the ability to mediate between the geeks and the jocks. It allowed some geeks to get some time on the gym floor without getting beaten up. Very useful, in my opinion. Um, so, Rob, I will be sending you an email getting your uh, mailing information. So be sure and uh, be on the lookout for that. And just as a reminder, if you don't claim your prize within 10 days, it will be awarded to some other worthy individual. You know, my favorite entry was our buddy William Paul, which is my gift was to no matter how hard I tried to do otherwise, come across to him as a harmless friend rather than potential boyfriend material. <laughs> I think a lot of us had that gift. Yeah. Well, I mean, he must he must have shook the curse because, you know, I hear he's happily married. So even with his little feet. So curiously small, feet. curiously small feet. Right. <laughs> so. You heard us wax on about wax off today, and now we present the wonders of free funny book day. But yeah. wait, oh. there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, tell them a little bit about free funny book day. Well, if you are listening to this on Monday, May 9th, if you're listening to this after Monday, May 9th, you're fucked. Yeah, um, this but- free funny book day. <laughs> It's kind of like, you know, when you pass that billboard, you just passed the last gas station for 20 miles. Um, no, So free Funny Book Day, Monday, May 9th, contests 
all day long on ideologyofmadness.com. Tons of great books. We're giving away a ton of cool stuff. Um, we're giving away Green Lantern trades. We're giving away uh, uh, an indie comic spotlight. Just a, a ton of great stuff. I, you know, I, I would list it all, but I, I don't want to ruin the surprise. That's right. But it starts at, I'm going to say, 8 a.m. Central Time? Sure. <laughs> sure. We're going to start the contest at 8 a.m. Central Time. And, um, and run all it day. For, yeah. Until we run out of prizes. Yeah, until we run out of prizes. Again, uh, Indie Book Spotlight. uh, There's an Action Comics by Jeff Johns package. Top Cow comic books. Comics for Kids. Witchblade Trades. All of Shadowland. Well, almost all of Shadowland. um, Green Lantern trade paperbacks. Thor by J. Michael Straczynski. Just a ton of stuff we're giving away. Yeah. Um, Check out ideologyofmadness.com. Enter the contest. You can enter enter them all if you want. Uh, I remember last year we had a guy who... uh, you know, him and his wife, after work, they got off work and they entered each contest. Each contest is going to have a different way to enter. You know, you may leave a comment on the site. You may have to tweet a link to ideologyofmadness.com. For we have an a voicemail. We have a voicemail. And uh, Aaron, what's that number again? That number is 972-763-5903. 972-763-5903. So write that down. And, of course, we'll put it on the, the site. You know, you may have to leave a voicemail to enter one of these contests, but, you know, great, great prizes, really exciting day. We had a big success with it last year, hopefully even bigger success this year. So free funny book day, Monday, May 9th. If you're listening to this episode on Monday, go to ideologyofmanage.com right now um, and enter some contests. Woo! Woo! Oh, oh, Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> like Andrew's My, uh... dying. <laughs> and if Speaking I'm not dying. here next week, I don't regret anything. <laughs> except everything <laughs> well tons of stuff that we talked about this week for our extra supersized free comic book day slash thor episode hopefully next week we'll be more to a a tidier one hourish type of show but thanks a bunch guys all right see you guys later thanks everybody bye-bye podcast theme music graciously provided by mark andrew pope for more information visit markandrewpope.com Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.